0: From the headquarters of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, this is Capitol and Scott. I'm your host, Laura Farrar. Illegal forms of the synthetic opioid fentanyl are spreading across Arkansas at an alarming rate. Overdoses from the drug increased by 41 percent in the state in 2020 compared to 2019, according to the latest data from the CDC. Authorities say it's likely that number will only continue to grow. There are also concerning new trends. Producers are now creating fake prescription drugs laced with fentanyl. It's also being mixed with common street drugs like ecstasy and cocaine. As little as two milligrams can be fatal. Joining me today are Chris Givens with the U.S. Attorney's Office in Little Rock, who is working to prosecute those who sell fentanyl, as well as Dale Ellis, who is the federal court's reporter for the Democrat Gazette. Dale recently wrote an article on the surge in fentanyl-related deaths in the state. Chris and Dale, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. So before we get into the the topic of why fentanyl is becoming a bigger issue, you know, not only across the United States, but also a a bigger concern here in Arkansas. For for our listeners, just kind of refresh our memory, like what exactly is fentanyl again? Whoever wants to chime in on that one.
1: Well, from uh, what I had uh, researched, fentanyl is a legitimate uh, opioid that's used as an anesthetic and also as a painkiller for severe pain, like with cancer treatment conditions, that you have breakthrough pain that uh, weaker opioids can't really affect. But what had happened is that uh, illicit fentanyl started coming into the country that was made in uh, in labs that uh, they weren't making it for anesthetic or for pain relief, they were making it to make money. And Chris knows a lot about the history of that.
2: You know, fentanyl being a synthetic opioid is about a hundred times stronger than heroin. And it began in China. And China, back in the early 2000s, it was not a controlled drug. China did not control fentanyl, making it a scheduled controlled substance until 2019. And when China had unregulated ability to produce the drug, it began flowing across the oceans um, pretty regularly. And around 2013, 2014, you started seeing Mexico taking the the Mexican drug cartels, realizing that they can make significant profit on this in the United States. The fentanyl epidemic really began around twenty fourteen when China and Mexico working together began pushing the product into the United States. It to this day, fentanyl is a in America, is a Schedule II controlled substance, which means it does have medicinal value. It's just highly addictive and could be dangerously used. So fentanyl is used in hospitals every single day. It can be an incredibly safe and effective drug when administered properly by Healthcare professionals who know exactly what they're putting into a person. The problem that we'll talk about with the illicit fentanyl is, obviously, healthcare professionals are not ingesting the product, and they don't really know what you're putting into your body. And so, there simply is no safe level of illicit fentanyl. But in hospital setting, it can be a very safe drug.
0: Sure. I mean, I think anyone who's been paying attention to the news over the past few years, you know, has heard about fentanyl. And you know there's been stories about how deadly it can be and that it's a growing epidemic in the United States. but Dale, you wrote an article recently and Chris, you work in this you know daily in, in the courts. Um, what seems to have changed maybe over the past year or so to make this even more of a concern
1: uh, here in Arkansas? I really don't know. I just know that it has you know it's, it's flooding into the whole country and flooding into the state uh, and I, I was really shocked when I started looking, I've noticed over the last, because I've been covering the federal court for a couple of years now, and over the last several months, I've been noticing more and more and more fentanyl prosecutions.
2: Arkansas is catching up with the rest of the country, is essentially what the issue is. Um, We were maybe a couple years behind. As I was saying earlier, the fentanyl epidemic in America really began around 2014, 2015. In Arkansas, we have always had more methamphetamine than any other illicit drug that has been the most prevalent drug in Arkansas. That is still the case today, but it's changing. And fentanyl has been flooding in the last three years, I would say, in Arkansas. And the reasons are the same reason that fentanyl has been taking over in other parts of the country, too, because it is an incredibly cheap drug and an incredibly potent high. And because it has been so much more readily available, you're seeing a lot more use. And right now, we are seeing at the U.S. Attorney's Office, we still see methamphetamine problems across the entire state. But I would say that our fentanyl prosecutions have easily tripled, quadrupled in the last two years with obviously a focus on the cases that involve victims, that overdose deaths. But Arkansas is no different than a lot of the places other places in america it's just taking a little bit longer to catch hold we are a easily accessible state because of i-40 and i-30 down through texas and a lot of fentanyl most fentanyl originates in china and what we're seeing in arkansas is coming to china through mexico and the, the pipelines the same pipelines that bring the meth up from mexico and through texas and california those same pipelines are now fentanyl pipelines because of cartels that started with cocaine, then went to methamphetamine, now it's fentanyl.
0: Wow, and let me back up just a second. I don't know if you can answer this question, but if China made it a controlled substance in 2019, that would seem to me that it would have limited the supply coming out of the country, but has it not slowed it down flowing to Mexico, cross-border transportation of this stuff?
2: No, it, it, it has slowed it down from China, but Mexico themselves also have these same kind of fentanyl production labs. Got it. The other thing that you've seen that the DEA has recently put out guidance that other countries, such as India, now have filled that void. And so whereas when fentanyl was first starting, yes, it was China, 90% of the fentanyl was coming from China, and it would come across at 90% purity forms. Then it would get to Mexico, and then Mexico would take that fentanyl from China, and add additives to it and supplements and stretch it out and reduce the purity form to say maybe ten percent, but make more product. So you might get a kilogram from China and turn it into a hundred kilograms when it gets into Mexico. Now these other countries such as India are finding that there's a market for this. And so it's very easily produced. It's a synthetic product. It's not like heroin or morphine where you need to grow poppy plants. This is a synthetic, lab-produced substance that, if you have the right chem- access to the right chemicals, it's very easy to produce.
0: Sure. So, okay. So it comes to Arkansas from Dale in your article. It mentions a couple of sort of the main, I guess, Mexican drug cartels uh, that are.
1: Yeah. When I talked to the DEA, what they told me was that a lot of it is the uh, the Mexican drug cartels. A couple of them, in particular, Sinaloa and uh, uh, the other one has initials. I've forgotten what it was. Jalisco. Okay, well, that's not initials, but yeah, you're right. What they're doing is they're importing the raw materials to make fentanyl and then producing the fentanyl themselves. But again, there's simply no quality control, and there's no desire for quality control. The only motivating factor there is money.
0: When it gets to Arkansas, though, I mean... You know, there are, I'm assuming there are drugs that people specifically seek out. If people want heroin, they buy heroin. But is this, a, do people intentionally like buy fentanyl illicitly? Or are they getting it unwittingly mixed in with something else that they're buying
2: here? It's both. It is both. And that's a big problem that we've been seeing. Um, there, are, in the Attorney's office, we, in addition to prosecuting the uh, drug dealers, we talk to the victims, and we, we speak with the people who are selling these drugs, too. And people that had in the past have been selling methamphetamine are moving on to selling fentanyl because there's high profit, higher profit margins. But there are absolutely people who request fentanyl. that are, That's what they're trying to buy. That is bad enough. But the bigger problem that we're seeing is the use of fentanyl by the dealers to supplement say heroin or or taking powdered fentanyl and pressing them into pills and stamping them as if they are oxycodone pills and finding the market of somebody who isn't willing to inject themselves with heroin or fentanyl, but they'll pop a pill or, or snort a pill and they think it's oxycodone, which you see in every pharmacy in the state, they think it's safe and it's not. And fentanyl is cheaper than both heroin or oxycodone or hydrocodone right now. And so the dealers are finding, we are seeing a lot of examples of fentanyl being mixed in and counterfeited and marketed as something else. And that leads to severe consequences because you cannot use as much fentanyl as you can heroin or oxycodone.
1: And also another component to this that I think is really important for people to know, uh, and I don't wanna characterize one drug overdose death as being more tragic than another they're all tragic but what people need to understand in one of the moms that i had interviewed for my story her daughter died of an overdose of fentanyl and it came about because a friend of hers gave her a xanax tablet that wasn't really xanax and what it turned out was that xanax tablet that she thought she was taking because she was having an anxiety attack turned out to have enough fentanyl in it to kill four
2: people wow and one thing that our office is trying to stress to these people who are pushing these counterfeit drugs, if somebody dies because of you gave them fentanyl, it doesn't matter if you wanted them to die, if you thought they were going to. It doesn't matter if you had anything to do with their death other than giving them the pill or the fentanyl. You are liable for that person dying and the enhanced penalties that come with that. And so every time a person, a user ingests fentanyl, they're playing Russian roulette because one-time use of fentanyl, you can die from a tiny amount. Same thing with the drug dealers. One time you sell fentanyl to somebody who overdoses and dies, you are going to be held to a very significant penalty. And just the listeners will understand this comparison. A sweet low packet, a sugar packet, um, has about 1,000 milligrams in it. Fentanyl is deadly at 2 milligrams dose. So, microscopic amounts tiny amounts and so that's why we try to get the message out that there's simply no safe dosage of illicit fentanyl
0: this question might seem a bit strange but why would you know this is a business why would people selling these drugs simultaneously want to sort of accidentally kill their clients i mean it seems like you'd want to keep people alive to keep to keep buying the drugs i mean is this just not knowing what's in what, and it's mixed up in places where they're not measuring things out like you would in a normal pharmaceutical company. I mean, what's, how does this happen? Why, why would they seem to not want to be more cautious about uh, people overdosing with this?
1: You know, that's always been a question to me as well. But the thing is, the evidence has shown that there's always somebody
2: else. There will always be somebody else, and what drug dealers want is to sell the best product because that will get people coming back. One of the more tragic interviews that I've done is with this. Um, he was he was a witness in a, in a trial that I had, and he was explaining to me that kind of that question that you just asked, and he was a former recovered addict, and he was saying that when people hear about overdoses and not the term overdose doesn't always mean death it could just simply mean you overdose to the point you're unconscious have to be revived and when somebody overdoses whether they die or not the other addicts try to find out who sold that person the fentanyl not because they want to stay away from that drug dealer because he's selling dangerous stuff because they want to go to that drug dealer because he's selling potent stuff and so if somebody overdoses, that's that's almost a calling card for a drug dealer to get more customers because that just simply means he's selling more pure, more potent stuff. And every, all these addicts, they believe they just want to get the strongest they can because they believe they can handle it.
0: Well. Is this being sold on the street? I mean, how, how do people find this?
2: It's like every other drug, it is it's absolutely sold on the street. They have the same the same drug organizations. There's hierarchies from the suppliers down to, you know, from the, the kilogram to the ounce to the gram to the a user amount of methamphetamine, it may be two to three grams. A user amount of fentanyl is a tenth of a gram. So it it gets broken down and sold, but it's sold on the street. You purchase it the same way you purchase any other illicit drug.
0: Sure, and I did want to just mention, um, Dale, you had in the story that was published that the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has data that says uh, in 2020 overdoses from fentanyl were 546 in Arkansas, making Arkansas the 37th in the nation. That was a 41% increase from, I guess, 2019, so that seems like a pretty sharp, I don't know what the figures are for 2021, maybe they don't have the data yet in 2022, but that's a pretty sharp increase. Yeah,
1: you know, the 2020 data—that was the latest data that I could be absolutely sure of. But uh, from what I had seen, it looked like there was a pretty good increase in 2021 as well.
2: It will be—it'll continue to increase. Maybe not 41 percent, um, but it will increase. And I don't have the Arkansas numbers that Dale had. I do know in in, in America, last year there was 107,000 overdose deaths. And of those 107,000 deaths, um, 71,000 of those were fentanyl-related. So you're looking at right around 70% of the overdose deaths in our country right now are related to these opioids and and, and fentanyl.
0: We'll be right back with more Capital and Scott. Hi, this is Laura Ferrar. The stories we dive into on Capitol and Scott are just a fraction of the reporting the Democrat Gazette brings to readers every day. If you'd like to support our commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. For just $34 a month, you'll get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras like this podcast, all in the palm of your hand. To sign up today, call 1-800-482-1121 or visit us online at arkansasonlinecom forward subscribe. Welcome back to Capitol and Scott. Chris, could you walk us through what it's like to try to prosecute this? Uh, does it start with someone overdosing and dying? Does it start with the police finding someone selling it on the street? What are these cases like versus your other types of you know, drug cases that might come through federal courts?
2: Well, there's two types of fentanyl drug prosecutions. One is just your, the same kind that we do with any other drug. If we catch somebody with fentanyl, we are going to prosecute them. One thing that, and the federal system generally, our goal is to get is to keep on moving up the ladder and get the sources of supply rather than the end users. So, for that reason, when you're talking about methamphetamine or cocaine, if the person only has a gram or two, usually that's going to be handled in the state system. We usually are trying to get the um, higher levels of drugs for the say methamphetamine or heroin or or cocaine. With fentanyl, we have a much lower. Threshold, We will prosecute much lower amounts of fentanyl um, simply because you'd need much less fentanyl to actually kill somebody. So one type of prosecution is just our standard drug prosecution where if we catch somebody with whatever technique the law enforcement uses, if, we ha- if, you're, if you have fentanyl, we're going to just prosecute you for having the fentanyl or distributing the fentanyl. The other kind of case, though, that I've been doing a lot more of lately is the distribution of fentanyl resulting in death. That's the one where it generally, as you're just saying, that it starts with an overdose victim. And the steps of that generally are when we have the victim, we try to do, we, meaning the DEA, the FBI, local law enforcement, try to trace back that victim's last few days of life and try to find out where he or she obtained the fentanyl. If we can find out and we have proof, and obviously we need evidence and proof beyond reasonable doubt, but if we have evidence of how that person who died obtained the fentanyl and we know who got it, then we will absolutely try to prosecute that person who gave the, who gave the victim the fentanyl. And when that happens, that turns into both a typical drug case as well as a medical intensive case because the law requires us to prove not just that The drug dealer actually gave the victim the fentanyl, but that fentanyl is the reason the person died, and that usually involves autopsy testimony, and that involves the the, the coroners and the medical examiners in the state who have been fantastic to work with, and And I will say the medical examiners in the state crime lab and the, the medical community is also recognizing this is a priority problem in Arkansas right now, and they are trying to help with this issue as well.
0: With trying to trace all of that with the victim who died from ingesting this in the last few days of this person's life and trying to track down whether this particular person sold this fentanyl to cause the death, I mean, is that something that's harder to prove than like other similar types of overdose cases with other drugs?
2: It it is because it involves essentially more things that I have to prove. In a regular case that does not involve a victim, all that I need to prove is that a drug dealer had fentanyl on them or distributed the fentanyl. With these cases, we, we had to involve the victim, and without the fa- the victim's family's cooperation, they're impossible to um, successfully prosecute because we have to dive into the victim's life, and that involves going through their cell phones. And you know, nowadays, that is a primary way we can try to find out who they're talking to. But um, talking to their friends and their family about where they've been and who they've talked to and tracking down all their the contacts in their phone book and that sort of thing is... It is more labor intensive and involves a lot of buy-in from both the law enforcement as well as the victim's family. But ultimately, that is what we're trying to do. We aren't trying to, of course we're trying to stop people from taking fentanyl, but at the federal level, the attorney's level, what we really want to do is stop people from selling this fentanyl and, and take, choke off the source of supply so that these addicts can never get it. And so if we can take people off the street that are selling the fentanyl, and they're selling fentanyl that's killing people, then that is what our ultimate goal is.
0: Have you had many successful convictions?
2: So Dale just covered our, in in the state of Arkansas, we just had about two months ago, we had our first ever trial for this charge, for this distribution of fentanyl resulting in death. We currently have several cases charged that way. We've only had one go to trial so far, and that did result in a conviction on all counts. And that was actually the first one that we've had in Arkansas.
1: I think one thing that is likely a barrier to prosecution in a case like that is the stigma that surrounds a drug overdose death. You know, because like Chris said, you've got to have the cooperation of the family. And the investigators have to be able to do a deep dive into the personal life of the last few days of the person who died.
2: And it's difficult because we understand that in order to successfully prosecute these, you have to identify the victim as a drug addict. And in a sense, the victim's history has to come out trial because we have to prove that they took fentanyl, and then that opens up the door for you know some negative aspects of that person's life to come into play. But ultimately, the family that we did the that was involved in the trial that I was talking about that Dale covered they were fantastic about that and understanding that there's a bigger picture. It's not yes they want to get justice for their daughter, but they understand that there's a bigger picture at stake that the public has to know that if you sell fentanyl, the federal government will come after you and try to stop you and put you in jail.
0: Wrapping up here, Dale, in your article, someone characterized the fentanyl issue as one of the quote-unquote single deadliest threats to American life. I mean, obviously, not everyone is an addict, and addiction is a very serious thing to try to overcome and, you know, not minimizing that or trying to stigmatize that. But, you know, there are also young people who maybe go out to a club one night and want to uh, you know, they buy something that may be ecstasy or some type of pill or whatever and I'm assuming it could be in that Beyond the the people who suffer from addiction and maybe you're getting hooked on this and are most at risk Is this a public health crisis in a way? Like what is what should the general public maybe understand about this right now?
1: If a doctor did not prescribe it to
2: you and you did not get it from your pharmacy Don't take it period and Laura you made an excellent about ecstasy and MDMA we're seeing fentanyl laced MDMA pills and ecstasy pills a lot right now and the most indelible image that I have from that trial that you were just asking about is the medical examiner who conducted the autopsy on the victim he told the jury you give me a coffee can full of fentanyl and I can kill the state of Arkansas that little amount that is what it would take and so that pill that you get at the club that you don't know what it is and you get it from someone you don't know that absolutely that one pill can kill you and so you cannot take something you do not know what it is
1: uh, one thing i'd like to address real quickly that i didn't have an opportunity to in my story just simply because of the space and that's uh, you know when narcan came on the scene that uh became a real game changer for and, overdoses and
0: narcan is a um some type of overdose. Uh, it's, right. Explain it, briefly what Narcan is again.
1: Narcan counteracts the effects of an opioid overdose. You can have a person who is literally dying right in front of you of, of an overdose and Narcan can counteract that and bring them back. The thing is, Narcan is not, you know, it's not like a magic bullet. It's not like, you know, you overdose on something, somebody shoots you with Narcan, you're going to be fine. What I've found out since is that it takes a specific amount of Narcan to be able to counteract a specific amount of an opioid. And while it can counteract a massive overdose for a short time, within a a certain amount of time, depending on how much a person is taken, they're going to slip back in to that overdose. And so you have to hit them again. And there's a very real possibility with the tiny amounts of uh, uh, fentanyl that can cause a fatal overdose compared to the amounts of fentanyl that uh, can be put into a single pill that, you know, that ambulance or that fire truck or, or that uh, health care professional may not have access to enough Narcan to save somebody.
0: Wow. Yeah. And most and most first responders and I believe police and whatnot carry Narcan on them now. I'm not sure. Right. All right. Well, Chris Givens and Dale Ellis, thank you both so much for your time. This is very, very interesting and um, we'll continue to follow it. All right. Thank you a lot. Thank you. The CDC reports that more than 150 people die daily from overdoses related to synthetic opioids like fentanyl. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you.